Welcome to the Chemistry Factor Podcast, dedicated to help you consciously inspire your actions in business, no matter what circumstances you're facing, transforming your stress into empowering success. I'm Coach Barney, founder of the Chemistry Factor. For over 25 years, I've worked with hundreds of successful business leaders who have all experienced how poor working relationships and unexpected business setbacks cause the anxiety and stress that weakens your productivity, innovation, and leadership skills. You do not choose to be stressed. It is a reaction, not a decision, that drains your energy, making work hard and less fulfilling. Together, we will discover how to empower your attitude to achieve the greater success and satisfaction you've always wanted in your business, career, and life. For over 15 years, our guest, Tatiana Wilk, has been in the finance world working for both public and private advertising agencies. She is currently the head of finance at the highly creative independent agency, Mother USA. She is an expert in the operational understanding of all agency departments that include advertising, design, media, content production, and more. Tatiana is inspired to be part of a creative community as a strategic partner and is a strong believer in the power of relationship chemistry, working from common values. She is well-designed to be my guest on the Chemistry Factor podcast. Welcome, Tatiana. It is a pleasure to have you on the show. Well, thank you, Barney, for this lovely introduction and for having me. Uh, it's my pleasure. Uh, noting your joy to be part of a creative environment, where outside of the office does your creativity shine? And how does it help you connect with the people at Mother? You know, I think because of the nature of the industry that I've been in, I've crossed over with so many talented and creative people, and they have been the biggest source of inspiration. And I think I've always been drawn to this industry in the first place because I just love the process of bringing things to life. And, you know, just a quick story. A few years ago, I had purchased a property upstate New York and took on this renovation of a home that was over 100 years old. And... Through that process, I fell even more deeply in love with all things design and architecture. But, you know, for me, getting inspired, it just comes from looking at things. I love imagery. I love movies. I love books. I love just stumbling upon things. I have countless and countless Pinterest boards on everything in my life. I love printing out images that inspire me. All of those things are a source of visual expression for me. And it's you know, it doesn't matter if I'm looking for something, you know, for inspiration, how to style something for my home, or if I'm looking for ways to articulate or present something at work. I think finding those moments of shared connection are key in building relationships. You know, I'm a finance person, but I can't possibly only talk about numbers with people. I don't think anyone would be very interested. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, and I think, I also wouldn't have my job at Mother probably if I didn't have that like creative and entrepreneurial side to me. I think the magic of Mother is that everyone here is a creative person. Yeah, there's an you know innovation that you're talking about that is inspired 
by that kind of creativity. You said you're a movie lover. So I'll tell you my favorite movie is, you know, A Wonderful Life. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite movie? I would say Shawshank Redemption is my favorite. Oh, wow. There's just so much powerful. in there. And it's, yeah, for sure. Wow. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of listeners who always say, oh, yeah, that's one of my favorites, too. <laughs> it's always a safe answer, too. So I'll admit that. Okay. Well, mine's a safe answer as well. <laughs> but I, I I love watching it every holiday season. You have achieved an excellent reputation working at a mid-sized agency that wants to build inspiring relationship cultures. What are the key factors you look for in choosing the agencies you've worked with? How do you know you were making a wise choice? And when did you realize it was time to move on? Well, first of all, thank you for saying that. I, I am incredibly grateful and I feel so fortunate to have had those experiences. And I've met so many wonderful people along the way who have been so good to me. You know, from the very first professional experience, I have learned what it meant to work in a culture forward and people first environment. So the bar was set really high from the very beginning. Um, but honestly, it just got higher like from there, which is incredible. Like I've been really, really lucky. And, you know, interestingly, because I've had such wonderful experiences in all of my previous roles, there was never a specific moment where I felt like I needed to move on. It was always the excitement that came from meeting new people and feeling a connection. You know, thinking about how, for example, I got to mother, I wasn't looking to leave my last job, but I've always admired mother on the outside, just based on the work they were doing, the people they were attracting, the social issues they were tackling on their platforms. So I guess you can say all of these things were factors, which I paid attention to, but looking at it from the outside was not even, was nowhere near as impactful as the actual conversation with the people on the inside. I remember walking away from my very first conversation with the CFO, who you know very well. You're actually responsible for that conversation. Yes. And I remember just like thinking, like, why do I have butterflies in my stomach? Why am I so excited about the prospect of working with this person? And, you know, I didn't know this then, but now, three years later, I know that it was my gut feeling telling me that this person would influence my career like no other, that they would help me build a sense of confidence I've never had. And it's been the most rewarding thing anyone ever did for me. And, you know, I guess all of this to say, I always chose who I was going to work for rather than the companies. But of course, it goes without saying that people are their best when their values align with the places they work at. So yes, mother, yes. like actual best company in the world, it was always the cherry on top for me. Wow. Any any values? I mean, I'm listening to you and I'm hearing mentoring. Uh, I'm for sure, hearing, yeah. yeah. It's I'm always hearing... like, what can you learn from the people that you surround yourself with? You know, I I strongly believe that the only way that you can grow is if you have people around you that are more talented and smarter and lift you up when you're having a crappy day and it's totally, it's a network of community that you build that you end up relying on so much through your, you know, professional career. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, it, it's, it's always a pleasure to hear the positives of, uh, you know, you know, what brings you with, together with people. Yeah. Uh, and that's key. That, that is the key. That That's the, the chemistry factor philosophy. I mean, totally. it's, it's all about being with people that you enjoy being with. 
And it's funny how people, you know, throughout the agency world and other industries, they, they don't have the love. It's more that they're there because they have to have a job or they're trying to make a living. And from what you're saying, you're seeing all of the good sides and the inspiration comes from that. Where you connect with people is everything. So that's great. I love it. You're, you're, you're preaching the chemistry factory <laughs> concepts. You know, I've learned a lot from you, Barney. So oh. you, you've always said when you have those conversations, and it's not even when you're interviewing or you're looking to make a life decision. It's also when you're going for coffee with someone or you're meeting someone for the first time, look for those common values. And, you know, I use this in my life outside of work because I think it's easy to think about, you know, how we're alike professionally. What are, you know, some of the similar experiences that we have? But I think what makes the connection so much more authentic is who we are as people. And, you know, I I say this about my conversation with Ed you know, I think we walked away from that conversation talking about like what we love, like what was the best meal that we've had? What were some of the, like, it was just, you know, it was really, really authentic to, to feeling that connection. And I look for that in, in everyone, you know, that I interview, that I meet with professionally, personally. So it's, yeah, it's been great advice. Thank you. You're, you're very welcome. Thank you. The, you know, as, as you know, I believe the chemistry factor believes that the strength of your company's talent is the most important factor in achieving business success. And it obviously starts with relationship chemistry. But how do you determine the right talent to hire? Yeah, that's super. That's a big question. I read this book a long time ago. Uh, I was a junior staff accountant in my first job, and I don't know how I ended up reading this book, but it was called Monday Morning Leadership. And it was a very simply written book, which basically said, your employees are your greatest assets or your biggest liabilities. And it's so true. Like any person that you hire will have a profound impact on everyone around them. And that can be in a positive or a negative way. So when you have a lean and hardworking team, first and foremost, I want to understand how this person will impact everyone that's already here. What will they contribute? How will they interact? What skills, values, interests do they bring? And I'm not talking about fitting them into like an existing mold. I actually hate the idea of hiring for a fit. I think it's the opposite. It's hiring for their contribution. What can we learn from them? How will they inspire us? What new perspectives they will bring? You know, it's interesting. I look at resumes in the screening process and I never look at those resumes again because I want the conversation with that person to drive everything that I learn about them. And we can be totally different people, different backgrounds, political views, belief systems, but collectively, the more of those unique qualities we have, the stronger of a team we will actually be. Well, I believe that resumes are a piece of paper. Yeah. Uh, you know, they they may open the door, but I've seen them where they, they may not be saying what you're looking for, but you look anyway, because it really is about the people and how they're going to fit into the organization and how well you're inspired by them and they're inspired by you. So, yeah, I think that's a really important factor. Yeah, I will uh, say, though, I do pay attention to to mistakes on resumes, but it's not what, you know, it, that's really the first sort of point of 
impression and the actual that's point fair. Of, you know connection comes from those conversations but yeah yeah no no i, I i've seen those mistakes before <laughs> okay uh and yeah it does have an effect on people especially when when you're looking for someone that's really well organized because of you know what you're doing from a financial perspective you don't really want to have mistakes yeah <laughs> i mean a creative could make a mistake more likely <laughs> to be oh it's 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 a flare you know oh look that's how they said it or something like that yeah what do you consider the most important qualities to look um for? you know at mother we say creative is not what we do creative is who we are and i yeah. think that is so true. I see that creative side in every person here, whether it's finance, operations, HR, it is an ecosystem of creativity and that does not exist in a vacuum. I think every single thing that we do and put out in the world does not happen without a massively talented and creative team behind it. So I would say I always look for those bits of creativity, however anyone defines that in them. Yeah, every person that I meet. Th that's leading to me a very open question is, is what is creativity? <laughs> yeah, it's very different for all of us, right? Yes, think, for you. I think totally. And I think speaking of something outside of, you know, those words on the resume is what allows us to really recognize those moments. I think when I look at my team, I mean, they're the most incredible and talented people, but they're also like the best, like I have two moms that have, you know, two, three kids and just get shit done. They just like, you know, they're such multitaskers and they're so creative with everything they do with their kids. Um, you know, I have people that are like into sports and their engagement with those passions also brings out a creative side in them. So I think it's, uh, it's sort of recognizing people for who they are and not just what they do, you know, during work hours in the office. And I think that leads to, it's just totally different chemistry and connection between people. So there's so many different ways to be creative. And there are so many touch points that you totally. can discover when, when you being an optimist, <laughs> know yeah. that they're there and there's a curiosity to find them. Yeah. And, you know, and I would say too, like being a finance person, I think in the last couple of years, just because of, you know, everything, everything happening in the world, I think I've gotten the most creative that I have ever been with my job. This is like, wow. you know, this is like creativity is how we approach pricing and scoping and negotiating with clients, recognizing the landscape that we're in and thinking of creative ways to make it work. I think, you know, when I think back to two years ago, prime COVID, every single contract, every single client was in the same unknown boat. They were, they weren't sure if they were going to have the money. They, you know, new clients that were coming in were using COVID, you know, as an example for why they can't pay us what we scoped. And just finding ways to bridge those gaps in creative ways through things like KPIs or equity, all all these things were on the table. And you know, that is a, like a way of creative thinking in the finance world that honestly, I've never had before wow. mother COVID, and COVID all was the an entrepreneurs asset. here. <laughs> COVID yeah. was an asset. It, 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 was it helped you expand. Learning experience. Yeah. I love sure. the concept. I think that's beautiful. I, and in fact, anybody that's listening, that's having a hard time because of it, listen to Tatiana. <laughs> there are opportunities here. There's always opportunities. As a leader, you're known to be calm under stressful situations. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing 
You may at times be churning inside, but don't show it. (laughs) (laughs) What are the values that you empower to maintain your positive attitude? Well, I mean, thank you for saying that. I hope it's true, but what is definitely true- Your modesty is is showing. (laughs) Well, I will say what's definitely true is there are days when I go home and have a big glass of wine for sure. Okay. Um, But I would say, you know, to answer that question, I would say the value that comes up for me most frequently is empathy. I think about my own experiences when I am not the best version of myself, when I am that person contributing to less than positive experience. And, you know, usually those moments are rooted in something else. It's like a personal thing on my mind, having a really crappy day. I always try to take a step back and not react in a moment. And I am a total weirdo who loves long car drives. So I do that. Uh-huh. I get frustrated and I get in my car and I drive for a couple hours to clear my head just to give myself that space so that I can come back and have a more connected conversation versus just an immediate reaction to something. So that's your way of stepping back. Yeah. And I, you know, I have my my investment property upstate. So I drive at least once a week upstate New York. And I usually do it after work. So it's like a two hour drive there, two hours back. So I have four hours of uninterrupted forcing myself to to like sit with myself and think about, you know, like reflecting on things I could have handled better or things that I have to get back to. And I'm, you know, as long as you're keeping your eye on the road, that's it. (laughs) But now if you're at work, you're not in a car, you know, what, what, what techniques do you use to step back? You know, I just sort of, I don't react in the moment. I would say if there's something that's frustrating, I would say I'll come back to it. Like, let's let's have this conversation, you know, in a moment. I mean, there's definitely a, moments. I'm just going to interject. Yeah. That is a very high way of approaching emotional intelligence. And empathy is one of the leading values that emotional intelligence gravitates to. So... That's great leadership. I'm just letting, you know, I, I want to put it out there because I'm listening to what you're saying. You know, is there, you know, a way of stepping back like instantaneously? Is is that how you do it? Well, you know, how, how do you just step back to say, hold on, there's, there's yeah. good here. Let's find it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, and I've learned from some really good people. I've had some incredible mentors who... Uh have led by example. And I, you know, and I remember, you know, there's this cliche feeling, you may not remember something that you did, but you'll always remember remember how someone made you feel. And I think I've been given those moments of not being reacted at for something that happened. And those things have made me feel a certain way that is still with me today. And I want to do the same. I mean, you know, it's not to say that there aren't moments that I'm not proud of that I, you know, reacted in the moment, but I learned from it. And I, you know, I think I've gotten really good at sort of taking a pause and coming back to it. If I, if there's need to come back to it, because sometimes, you know, things get resolved just by not really reacting. Like sometimes it's just informational and maybe you would have done something differently, but you have to let people make mistakes and you have to let people, you know, realize some of those things themselves. And there's some power in that too. There's something about celebrating mistakes. You know, we, we, we're all so geared to getting it right because the timing has to be done. 
And, you know, we're, we're too often focused on the destination rather than being in the journey. But when you celebrate those errors, when you actually truly, authentically celebrate those errors, people are not going to be as afraid. You can't be creative if you're always worried to making a mistake. Totally. Because it's going to slow you down. It's going to stop you, put you off. But when you celebrate, wow, man, imagine celebrating something that went wrong. How does how, how how does that look for you? I think it's it's as equally important as celebrating the good things. I think learning to make mistakes and being okay with it is like it's part of our growth. We just as an example, as a company, we celebrate the pitches that we win and the pitches that we lost because there's something oh, I love that really really good in what actually brought us together. Like there's there's something good in everything that was you know, made. And if it's a mistake or not a mistake, there's something to learn from and something to hold on to that was positive. Yeah. If you don't make mistakes, it just means you're not trying because I think, you know, a lot of the mistakes are made because you are pushing yourself to do something out of your comfort zone. And I think there's something really, you know, really important in, in allowing yourself to do it and and knowing that a lot of things won't be perfect. Learning from it and, and taking it forward as a positive. I guess that's, you know, For that's, sure. I look at you and I see positive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am a forever optimist. So, well, I love that. That's, yeah. <laughs> As remote and hybrid work have become well established, what are the successes you see that inspire agency culture? You've mentioned one. Yeah. Well, I do have a little, like a little story that I wanted to share. I listened to this podcast a couple years, maybe even a few years ago now, but it was, and still is one of the most influential things that I've heard. It was a social experiment around creativity. And they took two groups of people, they sequestered them for two weeks and gave both groups the same task and the same materials to work with. One of the groups was left with nothing other than the art materials, no access to TV imagery, no inspiration of any kind, just each other. And the other group was given every possible access that you can think of, internet, books, access to the library, just everything. And the group that was left to be bored, they came up with some of the most incredible creations, nothing like you have ever seen before. They repurposed the art materials in ways that were unique. When they presented the work, they were excited, they were proud. They've built such strong connections with each other by working together through the entire process. And the group that had access to everything, they were found to have siloed themselves. They worked alone or in much smaller groups. And while the work they made was beautiful, it was work that was already seen out in the world. The work they did was influenced by things they have already seen. So I think, you know, speaking of working remote or hybrid, I think the lesson is, is that we can be effective and productive from anywhere. Like we've proven that, mm -hmm. but I think nothing, you know, at the end of the day, nothing will replace being in a room with people that inspire you to bring out that best part of you. And I know this for myself, I feel like I thrive when I'm surrounded by, you know, inspiring people and, you know, I'm grateful. Like mother, we have a lot of flexibility. We have a hybrid work uh you know system but i am so happy that we have this like insanely beautiful and safe and inspiring space that brings us together so that collectively we can be the best team makes it fun yeah yeah 
Wow. So what you're saying is the ones that had the blank canvas that didn't have all of the outside influences actually were able to do as whatever they pleased. It was like, you, you know, you could come up with 10 crazy ideas. This is an old advertising, you know, saying you can come up with 10 crazy ideas, but it only takes one to be highly successful. But if you don't listen to the other nine, you'll never hear the one. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. I love it. <laughs> love, love the thoughts. What can you share about a peak accomplishment in your career or life that inspires you? You know, I don't know. It's it's kind of funny to say. I don't know that there is a, a moment other than where I am now that actually feels more accomplished. I was very recently promoted into this job. You know, my dream job. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you. It's been it's been the best. And, you know, that comes with working at like the best company in the world and with the best people around me. I have a few creative projects outside of work that are keeping me really fulfilled. So I think, you know, I think it's when my future self will look back. I think, you know, I think she'll be really proud of this moment. But but this, you know, it's not to say that it didn't come with a lot of stories in between that were both accomplishments and challenges. One story that I will share is I once chose to leave a job that I really loved for another job at like a renowned tech company. It was a sparkly role, beautiful, everything. Um, and, you know, and it was I, I had other things going on in my life that sort of drove me to that decision. But after a few months in that job, I didn't love it as much as my previous job. I missed all the people. And after a few months and some convincing with, from, you know, my old boss, I decided to go back to my old job. And it was, you know, the best decision that I could have made. Had I not gone back, I would have never learned all the things that I've learned that ultimately got me this job. And then, you know, on a personal side, that upstate New York property that I mentioned um, at the beginning of our conversation yeah. It was always uh, an idea of an investment for a short-term rental, which I had no previous experience, any sort of, any idea of really what it meant, plus a massive renovation. <laughs> and everyone advised me against it. My family, my friends, they were like, you don't know what you're getting into. But I just felt like I wanted to do it. And it ended up being the best business decision that I've ever made. So I think, you know, the common values that, seem to come up to me. And a lot of those decisions that led me to today are, I don't know if it's the value, but it's trusting my gut. It's being, you know, it's relying on myself. It's, you know, trusting other factors around me. But yeah, I think, I think there's definitely some common themes and I'm really, you know, proud of where it got me today. So with your, with your property, you went, in, you went in with a blank canvas. Fully. You had no idea what you were stepping into. And a lot of people are afraid of that unknown. But I sense with you, the unknown is an adventure. Oh, 100%. I mean, yeah. I have, my grandmother laughs, you know, she makes fun of me that I was a very good liar when I was little and that like <laughs> how my creativity was born. But I think, you know, I always, I just help to tell myself some things that maybe aren't true, but allow me to take those risks and allow me to build this confidence in myself that I, for a very long time, didn't have. You, you choose your perspectives, which is amazingly powerful. 
you know, there people can react to things that don't seem to go well and they react in a negative way, which, you know, is the killer of creativity. But what you're saying is whatever happens, you're turning lemons into lemonade. <laughs> At least I'm trying. <laughs> well, that that's you're doing it. You know, that's not to say everybody's going to like the lemonade, but you're learning from it. And it's a positive, you make it a positive uh, perspective. What words of wisdom would you like to share with our listeners on how they can successfully navigate their career, satisfaction, and growth? So I have I have a couple of things that I wanted to share. It's things that always come up for me and something that I remind myself off of all the time. But I think, you know, and I and I mentioned this earlier, the most important thing that I've learned is to surround yourself with people that are smarter and more talented than you are, you know, which for me, it means working for people that inspire me and hiring people that I can learn from. There's a saying that if you want to go somewhere fast, go alone. If you want to go somewhere far, go together. And, you know, it's, there's nothing more true than that. I truly believe you can't grow if the team around you isn't strong. And I, you know, I think that's been the biggest fortune that I've had in my life is, is to have had and been part of those really, really amazing people. So you're going together with a lot of people. Always. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I think that's great. Number two, I would say don't strive for perfection, strive for completion. Um, I say this because I get in my way all the time thinking like something that I did or something that I planned isn't the best version of me. And I end up giving up on it. And the truth is, there's no such a thing as doing something perfectly. Do it completely. And that will always be the best version of whatever you can do. In finance, they call that time value. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. And then the last thing, and I think this is one of the most important things I've learned, was that it's okay to ask. Like, be honest about your blind spots. Know what you know, know what you don't know. Be proud to say what you don't know. It will inspire people around you to do the same. And I think, you know, we all use terms which don't connect to other people. But at the end of the day, it takes one question, one answer, and you've learned something new every day. 100%. Uh, You said, know what you know, know what you don't know. And the juice from where I sit is discovering what you don't know you don't know. Oh, 100%. I love how you said that. Yes. Yeah. So, wow. Uh, you know, there's one other question I, I, I wanted to ask you. Yeah. How do you measure your career and life success? That's that's a good question. But, you know, I think it's a really simple answer for me. I think it's the same professionally and personally. It's it's doing what makes me happy and being surrounded by people who make me happy. You know, I I grew up in a very different world and that has always given me perspective to appreciate every moment, take nothing for granted and hold on to the people and experiences that make me a better person. So I think, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, I think success is genuinely, you know, doing things that make you happy and make you fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. Happiness and fulfillment. That's wow. Uh, Just, I can't wait to hear this on the podcast because it's just going to perk me up. (laughs) I think I hope my voice isn't shaking too much, but. Oh my uh, God. You're kidding me. Your, your, your flow is beautiful. (laughs) Thank you, Uh, Barney. Well, 
enjoy the day, enjoy the week, enjoy the month, enjoy the year, enjoy life. I mean, that's kind of what you bring to people is that they see you and there's a happiness. <laughs> I'm sure there's some people in my life who would argue otherwise, but <laughs> well, that you know what? And if they argued to you, you would have the empathy to listen. Yeah, or I would just get in my car and drive away. It's one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see you driving away. I th- I see you just driving like uh, what do they call it in Australia? You know, a walkabout, but it's a short walkabout. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's Aww. true. Well, thank you. I mean, thank you for everything, Barney. You have been, you know, you have been such a big part of like the last few years of my life and, and you know, and making me as happy as I am today. So I love catching up with you and and thank you for everything. You look great. Oh, thank you. I know we said this at the beginning, but this is actually the first time that we've ever talked face to face. We've only yes. talked on the phone. Exactly. But Funny enough, we were able without looking at each other to build a great relationship. Oh, a hundred percent. You're totally right. But you know, but it's nice every once in a while. Oh, no, I'm glad to see you. You, you. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I'm putting it out there because it's really about communication. That's what it all boils down to. And you're, you're. I love your communication. It's really very positive. Have a great one. You too, Barney. It was so nice chatting with you. Thank Pleasure. you. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and recommend The Chemistry Factor to your friends. If you would like to connect with me on social media, reach out to Barney Feinberg on LinkedIn. To connect with me directly, email barney at thechemistryfactor.com. Until next time, empower your business success every day.